We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. Blessed. When you live in America, you're blessed. Last Sunday morning, we were driving to church. It took us about an hour. And I saw people walking on the side of the road. It was raining. They were walking in the rain. And so I asked our driver, I said, um, how far do people walk to church? He goes, some people walk up to two hours to get to church in the rain. On that Sunday, it was raining. And I said, are they on time or late? He said, they're early. And at the church we were at last Sunday, when church was over, they all stayed around for like one to two hours and just fellowshipping and loving on each other before they went home. And I thought, wow, in America, if it rains, most of us stay at home. We have forty, fifty thousand $50,000 cars or whatever your car costs, and, and we're still late to church. And, uh, and then it's too hot, it's too cold. They don't have air conditioning there. And um, so I just thought, Lord, we've got to get a better sense of why we come to church. It's not for us. It's to give Him all the glory and honor and power and praise for all the things He's done in our lives. And so if you live in a house with a roof on it, you right now you need to give God a big hand clap of praise. Come on, right now. Amen. We'll be sharing some more things later. Today, if you would stand with me today, get your Bibles your phone, your e-books, whatever you have, that's the Word of God's on it. Get that and lift it up with me. I want you to repeat this after me. Everybody stand. It's God's Word. We honor Him. Amen? Amen. Just repeat this after me. Thy Word, Thy word. Will, I will I hide in my heart, in my heart. that I might not I might sin against Thee. Sin against thee. Lord, help me, Lord, help me. Every, day every day to read Thy Word. Read thy word. Lord, help me, Lord, help me. Every day to live thy word. I love thy word. Take your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter number 2. Genesis chapter 2 verses 4 and 5 says this. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Isn't that an awesome time? God's creating now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth. Why? For there was no one there to work the ground. Father, today speak to every heart. Open every mind. Let every eye be unveiled to the truth in your word we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Before you're seated, turn to your neighbor and say, don't go to sleep, stay awake. Don't go to sleep. How many of you like to wait? I don't like waiting. It seems like there are several professions in our society that, that they have the ability to cause us to wait. I mean, we wait at the doctor's offices, right? Oh my, I don't know why. We have an appointment. <laughs> and it's just uh, something that gets you there, 
but it's not, they're not going gonna to make you wait. We wait when we go into restaurants. And they tell you, it'd be a five minute wait. 30 minutes later, you're still waiting. They put you on hold on the phone. Hold, can you hold for just a minute? Uh, no. And they still put you on hold. They don't wait for your answer. I mean, they found that to be true. Uh, can I put you on hold for just a minute? No. I'm on hold. I have found, though, that when it comes to God's Word, most American, most Christians have this mindset that we are always waiting on God. Well, what's going on? Well, I'm waiting on God, Pastor. I'm waiting on God to do this, and I'm waiting on God to do that, and I'm waiting on God, I'm waiting on God, I'm waiting on God. But yet I found when I study the Word that I find that more times than not, we are not waiting on God. God is waiting on us. Now we love Isaiah, don't we? Isaiah chapter 40, for they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. When I was a little kid, it was, it was taught that, hey, you just sit and do nothing. But that's not what that word wait means. It actually means to be a waiter or a waitress. So those that wait upon the Lord serve God, right? We should all be servants, serving in the house of God. What can I do for someone else? Serving, serving, serving. And so those that are serving God, they wait for God. He will renew their strength, and he does. But I have found that more times than not, God is waiting on you, and God is waiting on me. Why? God does not waste his resources. When we look at this verse, verses 4 and 5 in Genesis, God's created the heavens and the earth, and then it said there was no shrub or any plants because God had said, I'm not going to let it rain because there was no one there to work the ground. When God created the heavens and the earth, God already put all of the seeds in the ground that were needed to produce all the plants and all the shrubs. The seed was already there. God prepared it ahead of time. But he did not let it rain because there was no one there to work to take care of the plants and the shrubs. Now, I believe that when God formed you and when God formed me, he put everything in my life that I needed to live an abundant life in Christ. I believe that. I believe that he says, when I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Jeremiah says, I know the plans that I have for you. I believe God put the seed for every resource in my life, in my life when I was created. But God does not let it rain in certain areas of my life because I'm not ready to work. Yeah. Sometimes we want God, God I'm waiting, waiting. We want God to do the big stuff, God to provide, God to do this and God to do that. And God's going, wait a minute, I've already provided that for you. It's already in your spirit, but I'm not going to let it rain in that area of your life because you're not ready to work. 
You're not ready. You're not disciplined enough. You can't handle it. God does not waste his resources. So if you're not ready to work in that area of blessing, God is not going to let the Spirit of God rain on you in that area. I've seen it happen in my life. I've seen it happen in other people's lives. God, I want you to do this. And God's going, I would, but I can't let it rain yet because you're not ready to work it. You're not ready to do what it takes to take care of the blessings. Listen, I've seen people get blessed right out of church. When everything's going bad, they're at church every service. Finances are bad, marriage is bad, health is bad, kids are bad, everything in life is bad, jobs bad. Man, they're in church, oh God, oh God. And then when God begins to let it rain blessing in that area of life, all of a sudden they don't come to church. They got blessed right out of church. And God's going, wait, now I'm going to take the rain back because you can't handle that blessing in your life. You're not ready to work. I've got a great testimony today. Great testimony. This was shared with me before I went to Costa Rica, and so I thought today I would share it. There was a couple who came to my wife and told my wife, said, we got a wonderful testimony. How many of you are part of the God Challenge? The God Challenge, right? God says, if you give to me my tithe, test me and prove that I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that you cannot contain. Well, this couple had been struggling their whole life to pay their tithe. Couldn't hardly make it. They, I mean, we all know what it's like, right? It's, it's hard. Sometimes you've got, you've, got the, you've got the rent, you've got the house, you've got the mortgage, you've got the kids, you've got all these things. It's hard to, to do that. And so they struggled for years. But then they said, you know what? We're going to take the God challenge. So they began to do what? First fruits. The first thing off the top. Let's give God what belongs to God. And at first, guess what? It wasn't easy. It was hard work. It was hard work. It's work. But then they saw God do something. All of a sudden, as I used to tell my grandkids in these little bedtime stories, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, God opened up the heavens in their life. He got a $2,000 bonus out of the blue at work. And then on top of that, he got a $10,000 a year raise. And no one's gotten a raise at this job ever. Come on. Oh, come on. Come on. Woo! Test me. You see, God will let it rain in areas of your life when you let him know I'm ready to do the work. God will not waste his resources. He wants us to sharpen our managerial skills in life. We've got to be able to take care of what God gives us. I've seen people get blessed right out of church. They can't take care of the blessings. They, they all of a sudden get financial blessings. Boom, they're gone. The pastor, I could write a $10 check, but I can't hardly write out a $100,000 check. Be careful, you won't be able to write it out in the future either. Because God will just snatch that right back. Be careful. Well, I, I, I got health now, so, so I'm not in church. Hey, better be careful, that health can be gone in a moment. 
My marriage is doing good now, so we're, we're going out on Sundays instead of coming to church. Be careful. The enemy will come in and divide that house. My kids, whatever. You've got to put in the work. God's going, I want to find somebody that's ready to work. I've already got the seed planted in your life, but I'm not going to let it rain in that area of your life until you show me you're ready to put in the work. God's not going to bless you if you're going to take his money. God's not going to bless your house if you're going to take all the glory. God's not going to bless you. Why? Because you're not ready to put in the work. God loves managers. You see, our choices determine what we have. Our choices determine our destiny. Our choices determine our direction in life. We can either be blessed or cursed. We choose that. We, we can have heaven or hell. Our choice. We can begin to say, God, I give you control. I'm ready to put in the work. And God goes, now you've proven yourself. I'm going to let it rain in your life. Ooh. Our actions determine our assets. And that's in every area of your life. It determines the level of joy that you have in your life. It determines your level of peace. It determines your level of faith. You see, God deals a lot in his word with seed. Seed. He said if you have just the tiniest amount of faith, just enough as a mustard seed, then all of a sudden God will begin to rain on that and you'll begin to have greater faith. Because you put in the work, you're taking steps of faith. You're working this thing out. You're not just saying, God, I'm waiting. Just do something. No, you're putting actions to it. The thought of assets in every area of our life, not just wealth, but relationships, your job, your family. Wow. If your family loves you, what a blessing. If your family wants to be around you, what a blessing. My grandkids are here this weekend and I open the door and they're just hugging me up, loving on me, I'm loving on them. They want to spend time with Poppy. Let's go upstairs and play, Poppy. Absolutely. Yeah, we're playing stuff. I don't want to play it, but I'm putting in the work. You know what I'm putting in the work? You know what I'm going to rain? When I get older, they're going to take care of me. I'm planning, man. My managerial skills are at work here. They got to change my diapers. Because you see, life is all about circles. Watch this. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. In the King James Version, it says this. See then that you walk, here's a big word, circumspectly. Circumspectly. Not as fools, but as the wise. In other words, Paul is telling the church at Ephesus, understand this about life. When you're walking out your faith, walk as wise people do. Why? Because life is all about circles. Circumspectly means this. Life has cycles of circles. What you do today, tomorrow will either bless you or bite you. <laughs> Ever been bitten? <laughs> it comes, what goes around comes around. Circumspectly. It's the cycles of circles in our life. So when we today make the right choices, 
Tomorrow we go in the right direction because we're working out our faith. We are allowing God. We give God permission to let it rain in this area of my life. God, I've proven to you. Paul said, I've had little. I was content. I had a lot. I was content. Paul understood, I've got to go through the cycles. There are times in our lives where everything is going wonderful. Serve God. There are times in your life when everything's going bad. Serve God. Come into his presence with exciting praise and worship. I will exalt him. Why? Because everything's going great. Not all the time. What if I only preached when everything was going great? What if I preached the way I felt sometimes? What if you got to preach the way you felt sometimes? <laughs> Life will bless you or bite you. You can live and get your blessings following you because of choices and making the right things and working it out and saying, God, I'm faithful, I'm working, I'm giving it all to you. I give you my blessings when I feel good. I give you my blessings when I feel bad. My praise does not de is not determined by how I feel. My praise is determined by who you are. My praise is determined by what kind of God you are, a God who loves me and cares for me, who died on the cross and said this, it is finished. Everything has been planted in your life that you need, but you have to make sure to give God permission to let it rain. Let it rain. The seed is already there. I have found that Americans, especially I myself, we love to get emotional. Shout, woo! Praise, woo! We love it. Emotions. Can I tell you today that God does not get impressed by emotions? I've seen people shout the house down and walk out and not work. God's plan in their life. And then blame God when they don't get blessed. Yeah, blame God. And God's going, if you, would, if you would prove to me that you're ready to work the resources I put into your life, I would let it rain. You see this couple that started tithing? You know what they did? They gave God permission to let it rain on that seed in their life. That seed has been there for years. They could have received blessings earlier, I believe. But now they're receiving it because they gave God permission to let it rain, let it rain. Same thing happens in our faith for believing. Do we really put it into action? Do we really step it out? Do we walk it out? Or, or do we just get caught up in emotions? When I was a youth pastor, we had an evangelist come through and he was all about emotions. So one night was having a healing night. I mean, you know, we used to have healing nights on Monday. Monday night's healing night. So there was an elderly lady in our church and she was on the walker and she could barely walk. And during that service, he went over her, grabbed the walker out of her hands and told her to run around the church. Now she got caught up in the emotions. And, and she did the best she could to walk around the church. The next morning, I'm a youth pastor at the time, the next morning she comes to the church, she's got her walker. Oh, can barely walk. And I said, what happened? I can't hardly move, Pastor Bardwell. You see, that really wasn't God. 
Because if it was God, the next morning she wouldn't need a walker. Sometimes we get caught up in the manipulation of emotions. And I got to tell you, God is not impressed by emotions. How many of you remember the story of Jacob and Esau? Remember that story? I'm talking about resources. So Esau's this big, manly man. He goes out hunting, and he's been hunting a long time, and he, and he comes back home, and Jacob is in the kitchen cooking. And Jacob's in there, and he's got a big batch of stew, and it smells so good. Ah, oh, it smells so good. Esau is starving. So he goes over there and goes, I want to get some stew. And Jacob is a manager. Everybody always gets messed up about Jacob, but Jacob's a smart dude. He's not the firstborn. Matter of fact, we, today we say this, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know what it should have been? Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. They probably had to rewrite some of the lyrics of the songs, but it should have been that way. But, but Esau was weak in the moment, in the temporary moment. And Jacob was strong, and he saw an opportunity, so he says, if you'll give me your birthright, I'll give you some stew. So Esau traded eternal truth for something that was temporary for the moment. Jacob received eternal blessings, birthright of the firstborn son, which is positional authority. He is now in a position to give people orders and they will follow it. Great wealth, great honor, and Esau could have had all that, but he traded it for just a moment of eating some stew. I have found that today we are willing to trade the truth for something that is temporary. We'll, we'll trade, God said, I've given you a marriage. We'll trade that marriage for momentary lust of the flesh. We'll trade the momentary for the pride of life. We'll trade the momentary for the lust of the eye. You see, these are three things that the Bible tells us to beware of. Beware of the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and pride of life. Esau traded this wonderful eternal blessing for something that was temporary. We find several examples of this in the Bible. You see, what goes around comes around. Samson, great man of strength, a mighty warrior, powerful man of God, but he hung around the lust of the flesh and the eye a little bit too much. And he traded the Spirit of God for momentary, temporary pleasures. His eyes were gouged out. He was strapped to a gristmill. And the Bible says this, he didn't even know when the Spirit of God had left him. We find this in the life of David. David was a mighty man of God, a man after God's own heart. And yet he traded the eternal for temporarily looking at Bathsheba, had her husband killed, and you know the story. He traded this eternal truth for something that was so temporary. We find the rich young ruler. He walked away sad because he chose temporary wealth over following Jesus Christ. We find Lot choosing this lush green uh, meadow and valley 
Wow. Lot, if you had to do it over again, we find a young man by the name of Judas who had been walking with Jesus for three and a half years, seeing all the miracles so close to him. So close! And he took and he traded this eternal place in heaven as a disciple for some silver. You see, the choices that we make determine our destinies. What goes around comes around. Life is about the cycle of circles. And it will either bless you or it will bite you. We've got to understand that we cannot be trading eternal for temporary. We've got to take this truth and hide it in our heart. Why? Because in these moments of temporary temptations, we've got to resist and say, no, I'm taking the truth over the temporary. I may temporarily have to go through this and resist it, but I've got a truth of a seed of God that's been planted in my heart, and I want God to reign on that. I want God to reign in my marriage. I want it to be stronger than ever before. I want God to reign in the life of my kids because, you see, if I position myself for blessing, I also give my blessing to my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren. Ten generations can be blessed because I decided I'm going to hold on to eternal truth in the midst of temporary temptations. I want it to rain. Lord, let it rain. Let it rain. You see, there were some that in that moment of temporary temptations, they kept truth. How about this young man named Job? The devil said, I'll get him to curse you. Let me take all this stuff. And one day he lost it all. Houses, kids, goats, animals, all his, every, even his own health. In one day. And Job said, though you slay me, yet I will serve you. And what did God do? Let it rain. He blessed him with more than he ever thought he had in the beginning. Yeah. Because he did not trade truth for temporary. What about Daniel? Oh, I could start preaching here in just a minute, but I'm going to hold it down just a little bit. But can you imagine Brother Daniel? I could feel him kind of get a hmm, hmm, kind of going on there. You may put me in there with the lion, but it's only going to be just a moment. He may tear me bone from bone and muscle from muscle, but in that moment, I'm going to be in the presence of an almighty God. I'm either going to use the lion and he'll destroy me for temporary, but I got truth that'll last me. You know what I'm talking about? And you know what God did? He said, because you chose truth over temporary, I'm going to let you use that lion for a pillow. Sleep all night long. The peace of God that surpasseth understanding. Church, there is no price you can put on that. No price to get God involved in your life. Three Hebrew children. Whoa. Throw us in. It may hurt for a minute. But we'll have an eternity in the presence of God. And all of a sudden they throw them in. They go, wait, it's not hot. I don't smell anything. Shouldn't we be burning? Whoa, dude, where'd you come from? Fourth dude showed up, bad to the bone, walking around. And when they walked out, they didn't even smell like fire. I'm talking about a God who's put seeds of blessing in our lives, in every area of our lives, but we've got to allow Him to let it rain so that we make the right choices. They made up their mind. They were ready to work. They were ready to sow. They were ready to reap. They received God's blessings. You see, God has resources. 
He has all things. He's already prepared. And just as he prepared his creation, he prepared you and me. Before I was formed in my mother's womb, he formed another young lady in her mother's womb. And he said, you two are going to be together if you make the right choices. Because you see, in our church when I was growing up, there was another young girl that the whole church thought I should marry. Isn't that right? Her name was Deborah. And the whole church had put their blessing on me marrying her. I'm not kidding. This is serious politics going on. But that was not God's plan for my life. It wasn't God's plan for her life. And so we pushed away all the temporary pressures and said, wait a minute. I've been praying. You see, we should pray about who we hang out with. Friends. Every date could be your mate. So pray about who you're dating. So I decided I'm going to pray. And you know what God did? He put a, a spirit in me and put a spirit in her and says, you two are going to be together. And for 41 years, God's kept together. Now, during that 41 years, has the enemy tried to destroy us? Absolutely. We don't let him. Because we work. We work on our marriage. We work on our kids. We work on our finances. We work on everything God has given to us so that when it comes back around, we receive blessing. So don't be envious of somebody being blessed. Start doing some work and you'll get blessed too. So many times people go, I want what you got. No, you don't. Because you're not willing to pay the price I paid to get what I got. You see, there's times we just had beans and rice and sometimes just rice. I'm not talking about the white kind. I'm talking the brown kind as hard as a rock. Break your teeth if you're not careful. Just soak it longer. I'm talking about we ate a pot of spaghetti for a month. So you don't know. I don't know your struggles and what God has brought you through. But I know this one thing. That God is faithful. God is faithful. And if you are ready to do the work in any area of your life and you show God, I'm ready to take care of the resources you've planted in my life, God will begin to let it rain in that area of your life and you'll get blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon blessing. I promise you, that's the way God's word works. And guess what? A seed does not just produce one piece of fruit. One seed produces an entire tree which then produces all kinds of fruit. Don't you love that? You see, God has not created any more seeds since he created the heaven and the earth. But the earth has multiplied. He told you to do three things. Subdue the earth, have dominion, and multiply. Yeah, that's our job. We cannot let the earth subdue us or have dominion over us. We have to have dominion over it. You are children of the Most High God. God has positioned you and firstborn children of God. You have positional authority. You can speak and God will cause things to happen in your life. I believe that. But I don't believe in the way a lot of these, these preachers are preaching. God is not a vending machine. You don't go up and put some money and go, and God, I want this one. No, no, no. I don't believe in that. But I do believe that when we are faithful over a few things, God will make us ruler over many. I believe when we make the right decisions and we keep the truth and don't trade it for the temporary, God says, okay, now you're ready to work.
Yes, sir. I'm praying. Yes, sir. Here's a blessing. I'm teaching your word. I'm preaching your word. I'm living your word. I'm hiding in my heart. I'm telling somebody else about what you've done in my life. Yeah, you're working. I'm going to give you some more blessing. But don't let it bless you out of the church. Don't let it bless you out of God's presence. Because we've got examples of people trading the truth for temporary things. So many examples. And God says, what you sow, you will reap. I want everybody in this house to reap blessings. I want everybody in this house to have the cycle of circles come back and bless you, not bite you. And sometimes when we get bitten, we want to blame God too. Why, why, why are you letting this happen to me, God? Because God, I didn't let this happen. You planted that. Now it grew up. You planted that. I didn't do that. You did that. I've had that happen to me in my life. You ever had that kind of conversation with God? I have. And that's a harsh conversation because God wins every time. And there are things in my life, you know what I got to do? If you have a garden, if you plant trees, every now and then you got to go in and pull out the weeds because the weeds will choke out what God's trying to grow in your life. And our society has a lot of weeds that are growing up in Christianity today. Telling you you can make a lot of decisions that go against the Word of God and still have the blessings of God on your life. No, you can't. God is true to His Word. God cannot fail. God is faithful. These are His words to you and me. What we have to prove to God is that we are going to be good managers of the resources you've planted in our lives. Let me give you an example of this. If God planted a resource of hospitality in you, maybe you need to be hospitable. Well, I don't want to be a greeter at the front door. Well, maybe that's what God wants you to be. You just, you know, sowing the wrong seeds in your life. Maybe you let life make you bitter. Every one of us can be bitter in this room this morning. Every one of us. I've had things happen to me that if I were not given it into the presence of God, I would be a bitter, bitter man today. But I have to lay it at Jesus' feet and forgive. Because I want to be forgiven. I could be the most cantankerous old man today if I allowed that seed in my life. So could every one of you. The reason why you are here in the house of God today is because of His grace, His mercy, and He's reigning in your life. R-A-I-N-I-N-G, reigning in your life to help you get rid of bitterness and anger and jealousy and strife divisions and schisms and gossiping and backbiting and all these things that try to grow up into our lives and all these things grow up in other people's lives and they hurt you and they hurt me and they hurt the church. And God says, I want to bring in peace and joy. I want to bring unity. I want to bring in family. See, last week in Costa Rica, 
one of the things that stood out to me is everybody, every men and women all alike, they greet each other by touching the right cheek of each other and doing this. Yeah. Kind of caught me off guard. I thought I was a very open, hugging person. I'm a very, I, I, I love to hug. I hug everybody. But this kind of threw me for a loop. So I was like, okay, I got to do this. So Sandy, come up and help me for just a second. Because these are people I don't know. Never seen them before. And so this guy comes up to me, hugs me. And... Now we're not talking about people in the church. We're talking about people that we are talking to in the parks. Yeah. Yeah. So guess how comfortable I was for the first few minutes. A little uncomfortable. But you know what God was doing in my life? Saying, hey, it's not about your comfort. It's about you sharing me with somebody else so that they can have life in abundance. So I met this magician. His name was Eric. First guy I met in the park. And he comes up and he does this card trick and it was awesome. But the reason why he's doing these card tricks is because he wants us to give him money. And so he does this card trick and it was awesome. And then I said, can I pray for you? No. I don't need your prayers. I said, why not? He said, did you eat this morning breakfast? Did you eat breakfast? I said, yes. No, I said, no, I did not because I don't eat breakfast. I said, no, I didn't. He said, I didn't either. He said, but did you choose not to eat breakfast or did you not have food so you could eat breakfast? I said, I chose not to eat breakfast and I prayed for anybody that I would meet today that God would let me speak to their heart and they would listen. He said, I did not eat this morning because I don't have any food. So I started talking to him about God. Here's what he said. He took the cards, because he was doing card tricks. He took the guards, cards, held them in his hand, and he said, this is my God. This God puts food in my belly. Your God does not. In his understanding, his cards put food in his belly, but me praying for him does not. And he's right. The Bible tells us if someone has a need, if they're thirsty, don't tell them, I'll pray for you. Give them something to drink. If they're hungry, don't tell them, I'll pray for you, but give them something to eat. And I said, thank you, God, for letting me start out this way today. You didn't leave, like ease me in. You threw me off of the deep end. Today we have a world that is dying without Jesus. And some of us, we have comfort zones we don't want to get out of. Everybody there invited us into their home. Come on in, come on in, come on in. And I'll tell you in another week or two what kind of home it was. Come on in. And I thought in America, we, somebody knocks on our door, we're like, hello? They see one eyeball. Please come in. Please pray for us. We need your God. Church, we are here because we need to make the right choices in our lives so that when we are blessed, we can then begin to help other people who are going through the same issues. Marriage problems, problems with their children, problems with their finances, problems with their health, problems with their jobs, whatever it may be. 
Because you know what? There was a dry time in my life in that same situation, but I proved to God that I would work and let God's resources not go to waste, and God let it rain in my life. And God blessed me. And let me show you how you can do the same thing. But God does not waste His resources. God will never give somebody something that they are not willing to work and message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.